0: Welcome to OTR Debate, our off the record podcast where three lawyers debate all things while managing to find out how it all comes back to the law. My name is Moochie. I work in immigration, and I'll be the judge for this uh, face off against two classic spooky kids series of the 90s. Uh, and today, actually, I'm here with my buddy Lando. Yeah, I'm Lando. I'm a prosecutor. And we. Hi, I'm we. I do contracts. And our debate today is Goosebumps versus Are You Afraid of the Dark? Right. Now, debaters, what side are you taking, Lando? I'm going to
1: do Goosebumps, because I read the books, I saw the, the 90s TV show, and I'm watching the reboot with Justin Long.
0: It just came out, right?
1: It just came out. It's still going as of air. Mm-hmm.
0: And we, at least, are you for the dark? Yeah. Um, no, I'm not. <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> wow. <Well>, uh, <laughs> <Earth ball. laughs> but yes, I am covering that uh, today. <laughs>
0: In oh you're not afraid of the dark i get yes. it yeah. yeah sorry i had to throw some humor in. there wasn't a long pause after <laughs> what you said so i didn't, wasn't sure before we get started guys are there any pre-trial motions uh yes judge
2: i'd like to present a motion in limine to bar any discussion of the goosebumps books okay uh this debate should be uh focused on the tv series only um i in my opinion i think it's unduly prejudicial uh to are you afraid of the dark to bring in the discussion of the goosebumps books
0: Okay, counsel, any response to
1: that? I would just argue that anything that's in favor of my position would be prejudicial to his position, but that's just a matter of facts being presented and uh, a strong argument inside that I am on. So uh, both sides do have books. Just because okay. the Goosebumps books are are better than uh, Are You Afraid of the Dark, I don't think that's a reason to disqualify Goosebumps.
0: Okay, so, we, uh, oui, is that true that Are You Afraid of the Dark has books as well?
2: Uh, well, Your Honor, uh, yes. However, uh, the Are You Afraid of the Dark books are adaptations of the TV series episodes. Mm. They're not the original source material like the Goosebumps books are.
1: So essentially, it's the reverse.
0: Yes, it is kind of the reverse, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, uh, even so then, uh, counsel, in weighing the potential prejudice against its probative value, I will allow discussion of the Goosebumps books. Of course, you feel free to bring in the Are You Afraid of the Dark uh, books as well, but um, yes, you have the benefit on your end of Are You Fear the Dark being the original source of those stories as well. And Lando should be, feel free to um, drop on the writings of R.L. Stein in order to, you know, depict his original source material. Right. Okay. With that out of the way, as always, the format will be opening statements, followed by my questions, and then a brief closing argument from each side and ending with a verdict. So are you guys ready? Yeah, yeah. I'm ready. And who wants to go first?
2: Uh, I can go first. Um, So for our viewers and listeners who aren't familiar with Are You Afraid of the Dark, it is a series um, that revolved around a group of teenagers who referred to themselves as the midnight society um every episode at a secret location in the woods they would gather and one of the members would tell um, a scary story to the group and uh for the episode uh the story rather than being told and narrated it would just play out on screen Mm -hmm. and a lot of these stories you know they had themes surrounding like paranormal uh, phenomena like demons and ghosts and um, witches but They also, you know, incorporated a lot of um, experiences that teenagers may go through and and kind of um, told a story through, you know, beyond just the paranormal. Um, The original series was in uh, 1992 uh, to 1996, and then it was revived once in 1999 to 2000 for two seasons. Um, And then uh, again, it was revived in uh, 2019, 20 years later. So, you know, this is a show that's been revived twice um, uh, to great success, I would believe. And, um, yeah, it's, you know, it's a, uh, an outlet for a, a lot of children to kind of explore horror um, as an introduction um, before, you know, something that's too gruesome. And, mm. um, yeah, I think it, it's a great series to, to get a lot of people interested in horror.
0: Okay, counsel?
1: Yeah. Uh, Judge? I would say in the three decades that Goosebumps has been around, they've become one of the biggest uh, children's book series of all time. Um, Translated into 35 languages, over 350 million English copies printed, and 50 million international copies as of 2022, because that's the article that I saw. Uh, (laughs) The book series blends a... Uh, a sense of creepiness a sense of goofiness there's humor to it there's weird stuff in it um, that appealed to millions of kids um, and adults alike Um, i know that after the jack black goosebump movies those weren't my favorites Um, they appealed to some people they did well um not to not to discredit them they did well jack black's awesome um the nostalgia comes back in full force uh, with the Goosebumps show that they just came out with that's currently airing. And um, as of record, it's I think it's the last episode has just aired. Um, mm-hmm. But that Goosebumps series steers clear of the, the 90s version TV series where each episode was a different story based on a book, um, different characters, different actors, whereas this TV series follows a group of kids um, who are essentially every episode is a book title and it deals with the the topics of that book that R.L. Stein came up with. Is that um, basically
0: like what's going on with the um, Tales of the House, uh, Fall of the House of Usher thing where each uh, title is like a Edgar Allan Poe thing and it's all right. connected though?
1: Right, and that's a good show too. Mm-hmm. So, um, but yeah, so I, I think that Goosebumps really does a, it, just the series and franchise in, in general does a good job of, you know, kind of bringing out new things from the same books. They're exploring a different kind of storytelling with these same individual, like same kids throughout this story where Slappy is essentially this hidden figure throughout. Um, So with that being said, Judge, I would ask that you find for Goosebumps.
0: Okay. So my first question is, what is the most uh, iconic or emblematic episode of your series and what makes it so great. And if there's any fun facts to share, share those.
1: Sure. Um, I'll start. One of my favorite books is Night of the Living Dummy, um, which has Slappy, the ventriloquist dummy that is essentially just a maniac. He just does whatever the hell he wants. He does all these shenanigans. And it's kind of violent. Hmm. Um, but his origin story is that he was built out of cursed coffin wood by an evil sorcerer <laughs> so
0: i'm in great <laughs> yeah
1: he's just a, and he's really mischievous and he's always like running around like the houses that he's in um those are some of my favorite tv like episodes where it's like you would just see his like little feet running around <laughs> and he's it's like this terrifying little Little shit that's running around the house, <laughs> mayhem. Um Essentially, he's like an evil Pinocchio. That's sen- mm-hmm. that's like where the story is kind of derived from. Um, you see that as if the actual Pinocchio is not evil. Well, you know, his nose did get pretty big. <laughs> is it like a child's play sort of thing? Like, yeah, yeah. Mm, I mean, homage yeah, to he's, it. Or something. He's small and he's he runs amok. He doesn't it's kill small, anybody, right? though. I don't believe um, the. The first three, um, so Night of the Living Dummy one, two, and three. I think there was a fourth one where the, like uh, there was a bride or something, Bride of Bride of Slappy. I
0: think it, yeah, I think this Bride of Slappy, which
1: makes me think of Bride of Chucky. <laughs> like, right, I think they're right. It's, it's, like, and I think it might have come up the around the same time. Um, but then after, so I think I read those first three or four, and then six more came out. <laughs> so he's in everything, and he's been. Um, essentially the, like the face of Goosebumps. Even now in the new series, mm-hmm. um, as far as I've seen right now, it looks like everything is kind of leading up to him, to like his reveal. Huh. Just saw his backstory and everything. And it, it's, you know, he's kind of been the face of Goosebumps with, you know, a wooden face and evil smile. Mm-hmm. So my second one would be The Haunted Mask, though, which I think that that's actually R.L. Stein's favorite okay. story
0: yeah yeah all right and we yeah um
2: so i'm gonna talk about uh the highest rated episode of are you afraid of the dark on imdb uh which is called uh the tale of the dream girl which is in season three episode 10 uh came out in 1994 just remember that Um, (laughs) okay thanks (laughs) 1994 uh and yeah so it's uh basically the story were you
1: born that year like (laughs) is there significance to 1994
2: (laughs) just wait um so it's a the story of a teenage boy named Johnny. Um, he finds a ring in his locker at school. And he tells his sister Erica about it at home. You know, and then uh, they're in their room. They go to bed. The mom, um, you know, tells him goodnight. And Johnny says goodnight to his mom. She doesn't respond. And Erica just kind of blows him off as like, it's fine. Mom's just going through a lot right now.
1: So We all are.
2: <laughs> <laughs> he goes to sleep. He has a dream. Um, this girl appears in her his dream. Um... It's a uh, you know uh, she's about to kiss him. Um, We've all
1: heard this story before.
2: <laughs> and just as uh, just as she's about to kiss him, he hears sounds of train uh, the train um, on the railroad, and then he hears a, a girl screaming as well. So he wakes up, um, and he just tells his sister like about this dream. Um, so he kind of thinks. Uh, You know, he's just constantly on... She is constantly on his mind. Um, He goes to a bowling alley. He sees a girl that looks kind of like the dream girl. Tries to go up to her and talk to her. She's with her friends. She says, do you guys hear something? Um, And they all say no. They don't hear anything. Mm. Um, Mm. So, you know, he starts... um, Keeps thinking about this girl. A
1: little obsessive. Yeah. You know, (laughs) she's in his
2: dreams. And so, uh, at one point... um, Oh, I forgot to mention that he is wearing her ring—the one, the ring that he found in his locker. He puts it on his little finger, mm-hmm. um, uh, his pinky, uh, <laughs> <laughs> That's as some up. might say. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, you know, so she reappears while he's awake, uh, and um, you know, he—it's at his diner, and he, you know, is dancing with her and everything like that. Um, and then all of a sudden, um, it's time for her to go, and she wants to take him with her, with her. But, um, you know, it's too late. So they disappear, and all of a sudden he's awake, and this is not there. His apple pie a la mode's not there. Um, he's very confused. <laughs> um, yeah, so then he's in a cemetery with his sister trying to find uh, um, this girl, his dream girl, Donna, because it's revealed by his sister that she actually died um, in a train uh, accident. Mm-hmm. Um, she was stuck in a car and everything like that. Um, so... He stumbles and falls and then, you know, uh, all of a sudden the grave that he falls on is Donna's grave. Um, And the big twist ending, I'm not telling this very well, but um, the (laughs) reason why he knew where the grave was, because his sister confronts him about it, um, is because he actually uh, died too. He was Donna's boyfriend. Um, And, you know, this whole thing of him not knowing that he's also dead not knowing who donna is um and and kind of his sister being the only one who can see him you know mm. as i mentioned earlier his mom ignored him because she can't see him mm. the girl at the bowling alley she's going
1: through him. a lot right
2: mm. exactly um you know she lost her son yeah <laughs> which she oh, didn't know okay. about yeah yeah um and if this twist ending sounds familiar uh, mm-hmm. remember this came out in 1994 uh <laughs> There is an iconic (laughs) twist ending of a ghost finding out that they're a ghost that came out in 1999 uh, of a movie called The Sixth Sense.
0: That's true.
2: And yeah. And so uh, online, there's been, for, you know, since then, uh, rumors about. M. Night Shyamalan being inspired by this episode of Are You Afraid of the Dark? Huh. Um, he was actually interviewed in 2017, and he denied all of these, um, you know, rumors. and Allegations. Said, yeah, I was going to say that word. but The
1: question they asked him was if he was afraid of the dark. He denied all of those allegations. Well,
2: if you read the dialogue between in that interview, he is like, what is that? They asked him. Yeah, okay, <laughs>
1: no, I don't buy that. Um,
2: but even so, you know, it was largely debunked, I think. Um, you know, with that interview. But Mm -hmm. if you search about it, um, there's still a lot of rumors online that he was inspired by this to create that movie. And um, for those of you who aren't familiar with that, um, this is a movie that was nominated for six Academy Awards and four BAFTAs. Um, In 2013, the Writers Guild of America ranked this screenplay number 50 on Mm -hmm. uh, the list of 101 greatest screenplays ever written. And although that is not about this episode of Are You Afraid of the Dark? The fact that most people online can confuse or or can believe that Mlight inspired Shyamalan, it, yeah. You know, yeah. I think that shows that this episode is is great, and yeah. I don't know if Goosebumps has anything like that.
1: No, RL sign <laughs> like, stands on his own. He doesn't need M <laughs> Night Shyamalan uh, to, to make to his stuff better. <laughs> yeah, to, ma- to, to back his stuff. <laughs> To bring his stuff um, to the masses. So well, let's I'll, oh, go ahead. I'll add just a, a couple of tidbits of R.L. Stein because Muchi you did send us that. I think it was Muchi It was you, right, Muchi that you sent us that uh, the, <laughs> the clickhole the, click um, <laughs> article. And the I, article. I, I'm gonna I'm gonna mention it because it was <laughs> it was cracking me up. That actually I think was the reason why we did this because I was like we have to do a Goosebumps episode now. Um, essentially, it was R.L al stein's like sex quotes or something right like stuff that said to him or about him or that he's with him oh yeah no no said to him i think said to him like he's just really good in bed (laughs) and um just a couple of the quotes i'm just gonna if you're a listener this is not gonna make sense but if you're a viewer i'm just gonna list the quotes all over here um so if you're just listening check this part out because there's some pretty funny stuff
2: I'd also just like to say that opposing counsel is mischaracterizing a Instagram carousel of <laughs> images as an article <laughs> and click hole as That's a true. reputable source. That's true. That's
1: true. <laughs> I and mean, those actual quotes. <laughs> I mean, I'm sure th- I'm sure he's you know, he's good in bed. <laughs> sure. He so what he's doing now, and I think I'm not sure if this is how it started out, but mm-hmm. R.L. Stein um the way that he writes his books, the way that he writes goosebumps, is essentially he builds the story around a, like a compelling title. So he starts with a title and then he builds out, which is like really interesting to me because I've never yeah I, I've never heard of that. I don't know if George R. R. Martins doing that. I mean, maybe that'll help him if he wants to write that last book, but <laughs>
0: well, two more books, I think still. <laughs>
1: yeah. yeah um, and you know, these quotes from the Clickhole article. <laughs> I think they were all pretty recent ones too and he's 78 now. Like he's cranking books out still. So he's he's doing about 4 a year, okay? Um he's got 180 uh books, Kuzman books as of 2022. Um and he's still getting laid like crazy. So that's crazy Objection, your honor <laughs> relevance. <laughs> yeah, uh, sustained. <laughs> all right, we can move fast. Alright, so yeah, most
0: often we will do a, uh, a third question as the legal question, but instead uh, I think I've heard quite a bit about um, these two properties, and I'll go to the legal question now, and then at the end you can bring up anything in your short closing after we um, a- as we wrap up, okay? Okay. So, um, yeah, so are any legal things explored in uh, any of these stories, or uh, can you make any connections to any um, sort of real-life legal case or legal ramifications? Sure,
2: Um, I'll go first. Okay. Um, So I want to talk about an episode, uh, actually, that's in the first revival uh, series um, in season six, episode eight, and it's called The Story of the Wisdom Glass. Um, Essentially, it's about uh, two boys who have uh, very different uh, upbringings. One is a rich, snobby kid, and the other is uh, more poor. um, But they're at a a video game store, um, and the rich kid is trying to... um, buy a bunch of things and he's kind of ordering the guy who's working there around um but ultimately uh what happens is that he the the store owner calls his dad for authorization to purchase but the dad says no you need to learn the value of money first so he doesn't get he's not allowed to um and uh the store owner is trying to chase out the poor boy because he's kind of dismissing him as you know not being able to to purchase anything um but the rich kid sticks up uh sticks up for him um you know saying that's my brother uh, lying to the store owner um so the poor kid kind of you know takes that to heart and so later on um unbeknownst to the rich kid he actually um
0: becomes his brother
2: <laughs> that's <laughs> the a f- scariest <laughs> outcome no uh, <laughs> but uh you know he actually ends up with the video game um Somehow, accidentally, so he mm-hmm. stole it. Mm. Um, but
1: not good.
2: <laughs> uh, the game's called Wisdom Game: The Ultimate Journey of Knowledge, um, and the rich kid sees the poor kid walking outside, um, and he, you know, um, calls him to his limo. Uh, and
1: His kids in a limo. Yeah, he
2: he gives <laughs> okay. the boy the game because he discovers that he has it. He gives the poor boy the game as a gift. Okay, and uh, they he invites himself over to the poor kid's house, and they try to play this game. They put it in the computer. It's a CD-ROM, um, and they enter into this wisdom realm. Um, and so they're playing this game. You know, they I guess as a preface uh, to that. <laughs> <laughs>
0: know where this is going. Yes. <laughs> so,
2: so they register they try to play the game. Uh they register their names um and they find mm. out that there's there's a tournament um mm. with a uh, ten thousand dollar prize. Mm. Um and so they get information about the tournament, they uh go drive to the location and that's where they enter the realm. Excuse me. Um, I miss I misspoke earlier. Ultimately what happens? Uh there's uh a woman there who doesn't have eyes and she's named the keeper. She puts their names into the wisdom glass and it's this uh crystal ball type of looking thing. Um and finds out that they're uh the boys are you know, they've been waiting for these boys basically, and they're in trouble. So they get chased around and everything like that, and ultimately they get thrown in court in the wisdom realm oh. um, because uh, they're accused of stealing wisdom. Um, hmm. And so obviously the rich kid is denying that they stole it. He knows that he didn't purchase the game. Hmm. The poor boy doesn't know that it, the game was not paid for. He just thought it was a gift from the rich kid. Um, so ultimately they get in trouble and, um, the wisdom court knows that they're lying um and they say they have evidence and then all of a sudden the shop owner of the video game store appears and says the poor guy the poor boy stole it hmm. because um he was looking at the games and the next thing you know the game's gone and that was where the, the poor boy was so that's some witness testimony that was brought up that was <laughs> incorrect um, these accusations um, flawed
1: witness testimony yeah
2: so they get put into the cell and these two boys are talking and and the rich boy admits that he knew it was stolen um but he's begging the poor boy to to, uh cover for him because Mm -hmm. you know his dad's a lawyer the rich kid the dad's a lawyer um he's (laughs) you know Basically saying, like, his reputation will be tarnished. He won't be able to become a lawyer like his dad if he takes the, you know. <laughs> Why
1: would he want to do that? <laughs> Why on earth would he want to um, do that?
2: You know, and, and he thinks the poor boy just likes him for being rich, for his money. But the poor boy tells him, you know, I don't care about any of that. I cared that you stood up for me in the store and mm-hmm. you said, you know, I'm your brother and you vouched for me. Mm-hmm. Um, So he agrees to take the blame for it. Mm-hmm. So ultimately, he confesses in court. Um, the rich kid gets freed so he goes back to his limo um, where the limo driver who he also treats like shit um, gives him uh, (laughs) tickets to a hockey game because the poor boy uh, (laughs) I didn't bring all of these details up earlier (laughs) so this is the the way my mind works but (laughs) Basically, the poor boy uh, goes to a lot of hockey games with his dad, and the rich kid is jealous because his dad's never home to take him to anything like that. So the poor boy buys these hockey tickets for the rich kid, uh, which makes the rich kid feel guilty. (laughs) (laughs) Meanwhile, in the court, (laughs) (laughs)
0: um,
2: the punishment for the poor boy who took the blame for it is to either pay for the game, write a 10,000-word essay on why (laughs) ceiling's bad. (laughs) (laughs) Or to leave with a warning. (laughs) Um, Wait, those are options that he's given her? Well, yeah, those are the three options that the judge says. Okay, okay. Mm -hmm. Okay. However, they go to the wisdom glass. Sounds right. The circle, you know, Mm the sphere. And they ask the wisdom glass what the punishment should be. Mm -hmm. And it turns out that uh, the wisdom glass says uh the punishment is execution by guillotine
1: oh my god (laughs) (laughs)
2: um and he says no you can't do that out
1: of those three options he got that one (laughs) it's
2: the wisdom class, um and uh because stealing wisdom in their realm is a capital punishment okay well um ultimately you know as i mentioned the rich kid was feeling guilty so he ran back into the wisdom realm and confesses uh, was it
1: before or after he went to the hockey game
2: He did not go to the hockey game. He just got the hockey tickets. Oh, okay. Uh, But he runs in and confesses that he did it. Everyone's kind of celebrating like, oh, you're so, you know, your integrity is high. Mm -hmm. You, you know, told the truth. Well, and for a brief second and literally like one second, although I was watching this at two times speed, so it might've been a (laughs)
0: little longer. (laughs) Uh, But he, because you've seen it so many times before and it's (laughs) just your favorite, one of your favorite episodes. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Yeah. they're celebrating but it turns out that they're gonna free the poor boy and execute the rich boy mm. by guillotine um and the, the quote from the, the judge is that the judgment of the wisdom glass must be carried out
0: um that was my question like those wisdom glass like supersede the judge basically judge there it for? seems
2: like there's their worshiping <laughs> yeah you know, worshiping i don't know something yeah, um, is the
1: judge even there for? <laughs> yeah right <laughs>
2: exactly uh i don't know just you know this has nothing to do with the the question but um mm-hmm. as a conclusion just so wait don't keep these uh listeners and viewers uh waiting uh and and having to watch this episode <laughs> on themselves but the boys uh steal the wisdom glass and threaten to destroy it yeah. so that's how they escape um uh, <laughs> I did forget to mention so that ending. the boys were given uh, you know, a state-appointed attorney, basically, um, who was a court jester. <laughs> um, ultimately, the court jester is the one who saves the wisdom glass, but then drops it and it breaks. But the boys escape into the limo. Um, they're telling the driver, drive, drive, drive. Uh, and the driver turns around, and he's wearing the mask of the, the judge. And he says, the judgment of the wisdom glass must be carried out. Oh. And the, the door is locked in the limo. The boys are screaming, and the episode ends. Um, so you know it's uh, kind of scary. So is there bit. a guillotine
0: in the back of the limo?
2: Not shown on screen,
0: mm.
1: <laughs> but we know it's there. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that was a wild ride. <laughs> yeah. I did not know where it was going a half wild the time. Ride it was. <laughs> <laughs> it's like a ride in a
0: limo. All right, go ahead, Kelsey. You have some uh, legal uh, connections, I think. Well,
1: so I have a, a couple. Of <laughs> no twists and turns. Um, <laughs> just a couple of things I wanted to talk about. Um, the Goosebumps series, the book series, was so popular back in the '90s that it got to the point where, essentially, parents of you know these middle school kids are thinking, "My kids worship worshiping the devil." he's like in a cult like this is satanic worshiping like what the hell is going on here like why all of a sudden is he locked in his room reading this stuff and there was like a strong push to ban these books okay so this was like Mm a you know some kind of like like book burning kind of thing
0: like the harry potter sort of reaction yeah
1: yeah and it seemed um I, i when i was looking this up I just saw a bunch of like different hearings where it's like these, like these moms that were like going and saying, you know, saying <laughs> that goosebumps was so scary. And this was in the '90s, so like mid '90s, like to '99. Was it
0: Mag, Moms Against Goosebumps?
1: <laughs> yeah, that's exactly what it was. <laughs> um, so that was just some a little tidbit of like, you know, they got so popular that it became a thing where kids all of a sudden were reading like crazy. <laughs> You know, it was like Mm a, it really brought kids to read. And there was this one um, specific hearing where this mom was essentially talking about how her son was now reading these, like, satanic books. And (laughs) they, they like, kind of get a gotcha on her because they're, like, they get her basically to, to concede that her kid wasn't reading shit beforehand. <laughs> and like not like he would only read for like a book assignment or something and that was all he was doing. And now he's like reading a lot and now he's, you know, reading all these books. And so she you know, they got her to concede that, okay, well now he's actually reading. Um it's like a gateway drug. Yeah. Well, yeah. That's one way to look at it. <laughs> a tremendous society reading. <laughs> and back in but the nineties that- I was getting high <laughs> on goosebumps. <laughs>
0: that was uh, you know, pretty similar for me. I think that did get me into reading at a yeah. young age, and to, probably the, from there to Harry Potter and other stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: I mean, that was definitely something that I was always looking forward to, um, like the scholastics Books Fair. Mm-hmm. Like Scott, they had a wow. If they were you're like p- that
2: rich kid. That I told <laughs> him my story. I was not buying any
1: of those books. <laughs> so Goosebumps, like the Animorph series. I know Mushi. You <laughs> know they, that I know. <laughs> they marked up? At like a premium. Super expensive. Oh, I mean, we just went to the library. Okay. Yeah, I guess I could have done that too. Uh, well, we did.
2: I didn't go to any hockey games, but I went to the library. <laughs> <laughs>
1: um, so that was kind of, that was just one thing I wanted to talk about. But my, the the main thing I wanted to talk about in terms of the like the legal question here is that R.L. Stein has, um, because of the new series and because of, it's kind of just gotten a revival with, even even when the Jack Black movies came up, it's been kind of, back in the mainstream and recently rl stein started talking about changes that were made to the books like to his original books like some of the most popular ones in that lines were changed to in some of the articles that i i read are like to be more woke or more you know
2: what news articles are you
1: reading (laughs) well i'll get to that i'll get to that um lines like love tap that was used to describe slappy like basically knocking someone out like a girl out um crushes Mm, that's yeah crushes that schoolgirls had on a teacher that was taken out (laughs) this one was kind of funny for me six chins that were used (laughs) to describe an alien um this
0: is that the teacher who's an alien or something like that. i think
1: so yeah um they they just make them like six feet tall now instead of Mm -hmm. like the six chins um (laughs) cheerful instead of a foot for and, each chin huh yeah interesting <laughs> cheerful instead of plump silly instead of crazy okay um and rl stein initially tweeted about it mm-hmm. and um he said you know he had a quote and um he was later later he was uh, interviewed by rolling stones uh and he told them that he was surprised oh, when Rolling Stone, not Rolling, not the Rolling Stones, de, 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 yeah, <laughs> by it. Mick Jagger and Keith Richards. <laughs> so he, yeah, right, the magazine, the uh, you know, the publication, not the, not the band. Um, he's he told them that he was surprised when he learned about the changes, but that it was a good thing because you, he didn't want to offend people. Um, you know, people are a lot more sensitive now and and a lot more aware of things, and. In those books, he doesn't want to offend anybody, he wants to be careful. He does mention that he doesn't want to be too careful, but you know, basically he's telling them like, "I don't want to offend anybody. It's, good. it's a good thing, but I didn't yeah. know about these changes, right? So that's what he says. Yeah. Um, that's, you know, that's the article that I read, um, the Rolling Stone" article that I read, <laughs> The Fox article that I saw, titled. R.L. Stein accuses publisher <laughs> of changing Goosebumps books without permission, and then he's quoted, "I've never changed a word." Um, so it like briefly mentions his Twitter, his initial Twitter quote, mm-hmm. which was a response to, like someone saying you changed
0: th- or whatever. Right? Or like,
1: no, it was in response hmm. oh. to Fox News oh. and other places <laughs> saying. You know, RL Stein changed the the the, uh, the Goosebumps books. He's being more woke, so he's responding in this tweet. He's responding to Fox and other you know other right. uh, stations, and he says in in his um, in his tweet, um, the stories aren't true. I've never changed a word in Goosebumps. Any changes were never shown to me. So that in itself, that that tweet, not you, you could read it however you want, but it's just a, it's just a matter of fact. That doesn't it, it's not swinging one way. God. But then the yeah. article that they publish is that he accuses them of changing, you know, changing goosebumps. I've never changed a word. And then the the rest of the that Fox article just jumps into basically their analysis <laughs> of how crazy and how wrong it is to be changing these works of art. Silly. Man.
0: Not crazy. Silly. <laughs> That's
1: right. Silly. Right. <laughs> so, it, it and it's... Well, they said it's crazy. <laughs> yeah. They, it, the art, it was insane. Like, the yeah. article was just like... They made up a story, basically and that's and that's what I was getting at with this whole thing <laughs> legally they are a you know a news network or whatever, but they are creating news this way, and to um you know w- with that they basically were baiting someone mm-hmm. he he tweets and then they latch on to yeah. you know essentially say that he's you know he's bashing them for being woke um but to <laughs> quote r l. Stein when you know talking about these news um stations making news when they shouldn't Mm be all this to say the world is scarier than his books than rolling stone
0: (laughs) than the rolling stones (laughs) all right so um well now before we get to uh closings okay um everyone please just do us a quick favor and subscribe on youtube um and follow uh us on tiktok instagram facebook whatever you're on uh, add us and give us a good review and uh, you know, wherever you listen to us on Spotify, you can leave us a review and Apple Podcasts as well. Yeah. Alright. Um, also, um, Counsel, I believe I read something in your brief about wanting to discuss the music of Goosebumps a little bit?
1: Yes. Okay. So, I, I thank you, Judge, for bringing that up because I, um, you know, got carried away talking about RL Sign's <laughs> of Sex Life. Um, yeah, you did. <laughs> I, I haven't admitted anything formally, but at this time, I would like to um, admit into evidence as Lando's uh, exhibit number one, that being the theme song, to Goosebumps, the TV show, the 90s TV show, um, which is just a banger. And like, mm. if you hear, it's it's a banger. And <laughs> since then, there's all sorts of remixes. And I'm sure we knows all about the EDM remixes of Goosebumps. <laughs> and, you know, it really gets the people going. Yeah. Any objection to that?
2: I guess not. <laughs>
0: You can also can bring say? the uh, "Are You For the Dark" theme too, if you want.
2: Yeah, that's uh, definitely a theme song I'm very familiar with. <laughs> so Maybe I will.
0: Well, because of the uh, sensitive nature of these recordings, uh, or uh, at least one of them, we'll listen to it outside the presence of the viewers of the jury, um, and I'll uh, give my. Uh, maybe I'll factor into my ruling.
1: Okay, and but I would. You know, we're going to be listening to it. On yeah. outside of their presence, but Correct. I strongly encourage everyone to listen to the Goosebumps theme song.
0: Okay, so how about for you guys? This is closing, tell me about the enduring legacy of your um, your series.
1: Sure, you want to say that? Yeah, I'll start, Your Honor. Goosebumps, thirty years. That's a, that. <laughs> you got them. That's a legacy right there. R.L. Stein with these books did something. Um, where initially he had, a, he had a short contract with Scholastic's. Uh, publishing company um it turned into like this massive enterprise of books um and then the 90s show um jack black movies and now the revival and the new show with justin long which is great in it um it's come full circle everybody's nostalgic for it and people are loving it i think if if anything that's the legacy 30 years worth of material and 30 years of people loving the show and the books. I think that that says a lot.
0: Okay. Yeah.
2: I'll just say that, you know, are you afraid of the dark is also just about uh, a little over 30 years old as well. Um, you know, it was a, a weekly staple for a lot of kids in the nineties. Um, and I just want to read a quote from the co-creator, uh, DJ McHale who said, he's a DJ. That's his name. (laughs) D period. J period, yeah. Um, I wanted stories about real kids who were facing challenges that had nothing to do with the supernatural situation they ended up in. But I'd like to believe that by depicting kids taking charge of difficult situations, it opened up kid viewers to the idea that they aren't powerless in their own lives. And I think that that in itself... Um, is still relevant today you know the legacy of empowering children to go through these scary situations um, whether it's paranormal or whether it's a family situation um, you know that's still relevant now um, just as it was in the early 90s Uh, and you know now as the nostalgia factor as uh, opposing counsel had brought up too you know parents are able to watch these with their kids Um, the newest revival that started in 2019 has been uh, renewed for three seasons already up until last year 2022 so you know i think it has a long uh, path ahead of it as well i had
1: no idea that there was a new series <laughs> me neither
2: i was actually going to ask if there was <laughs> yeah. it's been going strong um nickelodeon yeah and paramount plus
0: mm-hmm. okay. okay okay um so i yeah heard enough i think um yeah i kind of was a fan of both of these um growing up but i do think i was um, a bigger fan of goosebumps and still today i can remember like one or two episodes of where you're the dark and i can remember like 20 goosebumps like stories so i think that
1: they shows with its you.
0: legacy and 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 the you know the storytelling is somewhat you know for kids but it's still kind of like yeah it does stick with you it kind of uh, is uh remains in your brain for you know into your 30s so. especially
2: when you have two mediums in book and on screen
0: <laughs> you had two media as well <laughs> uh, so yes i'm gonna give this one to lando because I, um, I yeah nostalgic for goosebumps more i think even more so than are you afraid of the dark although yeah both great and you had goosebumps earlier let's give we half a point for that okay <laughs> accepted <laughs> um and that'll do it for this episode of otr debate thanks for watching or listening
1: thank you thanks